0: Listening to SBS on the money
1: with Ricardo Gonzalez. Hi, everyone. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 30th of June, 2022. From the SBS newsroom, it is the end of the financial year. So we're going to be taking a look back at the year that was and a look forward. And the Australian share market didn't have a really good year, down 10% over the last 12 months. For more on the implications on shares, the economy and your superannuation, I spoke earlier with Shane Oliver. He is the Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Shane, when you look at the financial year just gone, what do you see as the key thing to have impacted the economy and markets and why?
2: The big thing, and I think the key thing, was the fact that interest rates have gone up a lot earlier and a lot faster than many had been expecting. And that's not just a story in Australia, but it's also a story globally, particularly in the US. And of
1: course, the key driver of that has been very high and still rising inflation. I guess uh, higher interest rates, they still got a while to run. Inflation's still high. So is it going to be the same themes next year? I think it will be the same themes of
2: inflation and interest rates for the next 12 months, but they should start to fade a little bit as issues. I think as we go into the first half of next year, hopefully we should start to see inflation coming back down and that should start to take pressure off interest rates.
1: How will this start to impact investments, both the share market and housing in particular? Well, the problem is that when interest rates go up, it, uh,
2: it makes uh, investing in shares and investing in property less attractive. It's obviously more expensive to get into those asset classes, particularly property. It also increases the risk of recession, which obviously uh, dissuades buyers in property and also uh, raises concerns about falling profits in the case of the share market. And of course, that's what we've already seen with big falls in share markets globally and to a lesser degree in Australia. And now we're starting to see property prices come down as well. And the likelihood is
1: that with further interest rate hikes on the way, property prices still have a lot more downside. Superannuation funds are heavily tilted towards the performance of uh, the share market. So for those um, in superannuation funds looking at the performance at the end of the financial year and being quite disappointed, what do you say to them? Because sure, it's a long-term investment, but that's not any comfort for those people retiring soon.
2: Look, I I think for most superannuation members, unfortunately, you just have to accept that Yes, we do see this volatility periodically, but superannuation is a long-term investment and you're better just staying the course. And of course, you should also bear in mind that last financial year was a very strong year for superannuation funds with average returns of around 18%, uh, partly making up for the fact that this year hasn't been so good with probable negative returns. For those closer to retirement, it's a more difficult situation because they don't have the same amount of time to make up for any loss they see. So I think it's very important for those closer to retirement to get good advice work out whether they've got enough money to be able to leave it in their superannuation and not draw on it at present when prices are down and therefore lock in a loss um, if they do have small balances though then there may be a cons- there may be an argument to raise more cash in their superannuation funds so I think it's really an issue uh, depending on how close you are to retirement the size of your balance, and also your you tolerance for risk, because obviously when markets go down, it does cause a lot of un, uncertainty.
1: So a lot of this is happening because of rising interest rates. Those so savers though should benefit, but are they? Will the banks pass on rising interest rates to their to their savings accounts? We are already starting to see some savings rates offering higher
2: interest rates, so that's good news. The problem is it's a bit like wages they're not keeping up with the the surge in inflation so we're seeing inflation on its way to seven percent but uh, interest rates on bank deposits might go up to one or even one and a half percent but that's small comfort when you've got such a high inflation rate
1: on the borrowing side are you concerned about the average australian's ability to to meet their repayments as interest rates rise um, especially over the next 12 months
2: look i must admit i certainly am concerned uh, we're seeing already a big rises in interest rates fixed rates have gone up massively in fact one bank today was talking about increasing their interest their fixed rates up around 6% which will means they're three times higher than they were just a year ago. Um, so that's gonna be a massive impost for people when they come off those fixed rate deals that they might've signed up to sometime over the last 12 months. So there's certainly an issue there. There's a bunch of households who have their mortgages under control, use the period of low interest rates to get ahead of their mortgages and probably will get through this okay. But there's another significant group who got in more recently, still have very high debt levels.
1: And obviously these high interest rates are gonna cause quite a bit of stress. <laughs> And so looking into 2023, right, just how strong is is the Australian economy? How will it cope with rising interest rates? Because we had statistics out today showing that job vacancies, they're at a record high. So there's this demand for labour. It could lead to higher wages. So isn't the economy pretty strong? The, The reality is that
2: right here, right now, the economy is still pretty strong. We've seen record levels for job vacancies, which you'd have to say is a very, very positive sign. The jobs market is still very tight. Wages growth is probably going to pick up. But that information and the fact that retail sales growth was strong in May for, for data that came out the other day, unemployment below 4%, all of those things are fantastic. But the rise in interest rates and the rise in the cost of living is yet to impact on those sorts of economic indicators. And I suspect that over the next six to 12 months, we'll, we'll see more signs that the economy is slowing, that will eventually feed back and lead to a weaker jobs market. So yes, current economic indicators are strong, but I think they will slow over the course of the next six to 12 months. Now, I guess the trick for the Reserve Bank is to, to stay on top of that, not raise interest rates so much that it causes a recession. After all, all they really want to do here is slow things down to take pressure off inflation. They don't want to crash the property market or crash the economy.
1: Shane Oliver there from AMP Capital. As mentioned earlier, the Australian share market did fall 10% over the past 12 months. For more details on what happened during the year, I spoke earlier with Gemma Dale from NAB Trade.
3: really interesting, when you actually look at a chart, it feels like it's been a really dramatically terrible period, particularly when you're talking about the offshore leads. S&P 500 is off more than 20%, right? They're deep in a bear market. Now the NASDAQ's in terrible bear market territory. The ASX is only off 9% roughly over the 12 months, which is not too bad at a global level. But the most of that fall has come since April, right? So it's come really recently and it's come quite steeply. There was a peak in August, but then it did kind of come back after January fall. It was looking okay. Really all of those headwinds that we've been talking about for a long time, they took a while to catch up with us, It took a long time for everyone to go, oh, no, we have to have rising rates too. We have to have this inflationary problem hitting us as well. It's hit us now, but we're still performing relatively well. Down percent, 10% is not great, but it's a lot better than 20. So at this point, we're holding up okay on a relative basis.
1: If you look at the top and bottom performers on the 204 for the past financial year, can you run us through sectors, perhaps any trends and why we saw that?
3: Yeah, so the big, if you look at a sector breakdowns, so when you look at the way the sectors are constructed, IT, Infotech, is absolutely the one that's been hammered. It's down nearly 40% over 12 months. It's really suffered. As I said, in the US, it's the NASDAQ that's been hit hardest here. It's been the Infotech sector as well. It's really been punished. The reason for that is there are so many companies in there that are in that profitless profitless growth category that has been hit really hard. Rising rates, it's very, very difficult to see any kind of long-term performance from some of these companies. Now, interestingly enough, Zip, which is the worst performer in the ASX 200, there are certainly worst performers outside the 200, but when you look at the top 200 companies, down 95%, right, very, very painful, but still not a profitable company. So those who think how the hell do they keep their head above water in this environment, they provide credit to unsecured borrowers. It's a really difficult environment for those sorts of companies. So we saw this coming, uh, it's been pretty pretty dramatically poor performance. We've also seen Tyro also in the payment sector, interestingly enough, and then PointsBets had a terrible time. Tabcorp's off, but they had a demerger, which has been sort of a large driver of their underperformance. But anything that has not been highly profitable is going to really be punished in this environment.
1: And being at NabTrade and um, having a finger on your pulse on um, retail clients, right, I want to get an idea from you on, what kind of activity have you seen from those retail clients uh, on on such you know um, platforms like yours? Because during the pandemic, during lockdown, you had this surge of new users coming to the market, right? Trying to take advantage of a, of a rising market. They would have had a bit of extra stimulus from the government because of the lockdowns. They may
3: have been bored at home, so they're playing on the share market. What's happened now? Yeah, it's so interesting. We actually saw the greatest influx right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was actually when the market fell, that first 30% absolutely a cataclysmic crash, three weeks, massive fall. That was when we saw the greatest influx of investors. So it wasn't in the second and third and fourth lockdowns if you're in Victoria. It was actually quite early, mostly people looking to pick up a bargain, very excited about the idea of buying shares 30% off, and many companies are obviously much worse than 30% off. What has been interesting, most of them kept buying as the market came back. And then started to drift away. So they are sitting on the sidelines, unsold necessarily, depends on what it is, obviously. But most of our younger, newer investors are sitting tight in this environment. They've been told that volatility happens, that you have to expect there will be downturns in the market. They're not confident like some of our mature investors who've seen several of these who are really working their way through it and they still continue to trade and they continue to reposition their portfolios. The newer guys and the younger guys, they've got what they like and they tend to sit on the sidelines. The only thing we see consistently from them, which I actually really like, is they will buy ETFs. And they continue to buy the ASX 200 in particular, and we're starting to see the NASDAQ 100. So they're sort of accumulating in this environment going, prices are off. I don't really know what to do with my existing holdings, but I do want to buy more over time. So they just buy a bit more on the down days of the ASX. And that's that's consistent. We see that all the time.
1: Jim Adal, there, uh, analyst at NAB Trade. Now, rising interest rates will also soften the Australian property market. And we did have some new forecasts out from the team at NAB today. It now expects property prices across the capital cities nationally to fall on average around 3.7% this year, but then a bigger fall of 14% in 2023. For more on that, I spoke earlier with NAB Chief Economist, Alan Oster. Alan, how would you describe housing sentiment at the moment?
0: It's deteriorating. Um, It's not terrible, but it is still basically, uh, particularly in New South Wales and Victoria, it's, it's below average. And I think most people are expecting it to continue to keep going down.
1: So I guess one of the reasons for that is the fact that interest rates are rising and they're rising rapidly now, more than what we would have expected, I guess, a year ago. So to what extent will rising interest rates impact the market? How, when it comes to price, and why?
0: Well, what, what you basically find is higher rates, number one, scare people uh, in terms of expectations, and that's the phase we're in now. The second phase is when they actually have to pay higher rates in terms of their mortgages. And, you know, you could be looking at 300 bucks a month extra if you've got a two in front of your um cash rate and that's where we think it will be by the end of the year and to you put those two things together and that's why in 2023 we actually see house prices down around about 15 percent before we were thinking maybe 10 and what you're seeing as i said on the fear so far is you're seeing that in melbourne and sydney and melbourne are going down at about one percent per month so you know, We've lowered our expectations for this year for a fall of around four and a half, four percent 4%. And
1: previously, we were expecting it to actually go up a little bit. Okay, so house price or dwelling price value declines of that magnitude. Just how serious is it in the context of um, a period of rising values, right? Will these yep. falls be, be um, orderly? And will it mean that there's an oversupply?
0: I don't think we're... I think it will be orderly. Um, it's not going to be disorderly. And I think it's really important to remember, you know, we're talking 18 20% sort of falls, peak to trough. We've just had an increase of 22%. So you sort of get back to where you started from. Um, and provided that central banks don't overdo it, and I think ours probably won't, um, then it's manageable. Um, but, you know, people get scared. They're not sure what's going to happen And there will be a liquidity impact next year because you'll also see a lot of fixed loans in the first half of next year will go off their 2% or below and be replaced by a 4% or more. So, you know, it's affecting everybody's confidence and also then their ability to pay it.
1: We're also hearing a lot about the high cost of materials to build a home, right, along with the shortage of workers. How is this going to play through to the market?
0: Well, what it does is it makes it very difficult to uh, keep the costs of uh, housing down, particularly if you're building new stuff. And you see a lot of stress in builders who, particularly if they essentially have fixed price contracts and suddenly the input costs are go up in the lot. And in our sort of surveys, they're saying it's going up 20% or more at an annual rate at present. So that is going to cause a grief. You know, So you go out and you build somewhere, costs you more, or alternatively, you worry your builder might fall over in the meantime. So uh, I think it's you know, having, having an impact on everybody.
1: And just finally, which group of buyers do you think will ultimately prop up or keep the, the market bubbling along? I mean, is it owner occupiers? Is, is it the, the first home buyers, investors? Will overseas uh, investors come back to the market?
0: I think it's going to be the first homeowners and the owner occupiers because that's the ones that drove it up. I think they'll be more uh, or very more careful as they go forward. But there's an underlying demand there. And, you know, we've had ups and downs with uh, the virus, et cetera, but I think underpinning it all, um, you know, we're still, we're not in excess of supply, et cetera. And so I think the whole market's going to be orderly, but it's still going to hurt and people are going to be scared. Because a lot of people won't have seen house prices fall like this, and they certainly won't see having seen rate rises go up like this. So there, there will be issues in the tails, if you like.
1: Alan Oster there from NAP.
0: This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only.